Welcome to the Way Church Podcast. The Way Church exists to love God, love others, and make disciples. You can find out more about the Way Church at thewaychurchrva.com. Now we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Good morning, church. You can have a seat. Man, I don't know how y'all can sing that song without crying and getting all emotional like me. It's hard, it's hard to follow a song like that. Amen. I'm going to switch things up a little bit. I'm not a, I'm not a hand raiser like some of y'all are, but I, I tell you, I'm just overwhelmed sometimes, and this is what I do instead of doing this, <laughs> because God is so good, and I know it's been a few weeks, but why don't we just start with a proclamation, God is good all the time, exactly right, I'm so thankful for this church, I'm thankful for God and what he's done in our lives, what he continues to do in our lives, and I'm glad we have a pastor who loves God and serves God as well, obediently, um, and I'm thankful for the God is the creator of life, and he has given us another member of the Way Church, Judah Lane Weatherspoon, amen? So that, that is awesome, and I'm thankful for this opportunity to, to share with you guys, too, and so my name is Andy Balthaser. I'm a member of the the teaching team here at the Way Church, and um, last time I was able to do this, uh, we had some issues. I had dry mouth, so pray for my mouth to be moistened with the living water. You like that? You can use that one. But also, the power went out. All kinds of stuff was just going on, so I said, not today, Satan. Not today. We have a generator ready to roll. I've been drinking water all morning, gave up my coffee, but I'm glad to have this opportunity. Um, so if you haven't seen, I haven't had a chance to meet with everybody, especially if you're the newer guest. I've been serving in the, the kids' ministry, which has been great because, you know, kids have one of those things that we don't, they, they don't question a whole lot. Of course, there's a couple of kids who will question, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? When you have those gospel conversations with them, they have that childlike faith. And I was like, man, I've just been able to, uh, I think I've taught like two, two weeks in the last couple of months, and every time I've just blown away with that childlike faith. And I was like, man, why could not we have that type of childlike faith that allows us to, to do as God desires for, for our lives and do his will for our lives? So, you know, just to share that, you know, because we're going to be going through the last few verses of Malachi 4, which if you've turned too far for in the, in the past, you'll notice that Matthew's the next book, which is the New Testament. So we're going to be finishing up the sermon series called Turn, um, and I've got my material and everything. I've got my timer, so we're going to unpack all three of those verses in three hours. And if you haven't checked off the obligatory sermon length joke, now you can. And as soon as this thing sits, hits three hours, we'll stop, Okay. I'm just kidding. So you got two for one on that one, two jokes for one. So turn your Bibles to Malachi 4, 4 through 6, and we're going to go through the last three verses of the, New, of the Old Testament, and we'll talk through you know, some of the, the commandments, some of the, the remembrances of reminders of God through Moses, but also looking forward to the hope found in Jesus and the coming Messiah as well. So it's good to you know, go through and, and remember you know, the, the verses that he has given us, and Malachi 4.4 4 states this, Remember the instruction of Moses, my servant, the statutes and ordinances I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. So I think if you go back a few verses, you notice that it's the Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, or depending on your translation, you'll see Lord of armies. And you know, Lord is always capitalized, and this is 
This is my jam, and my kids will, will know this. Like, when you see that Lord written in all caps, it's the Chetramagachan. It's the, it's the covenant name of God that he has given to us, and this is what he had given to Moses back on Mount Horeb. If you turn into Exodus 3, and I'll read it for you so you don't have to turn to yourself. This is the burning bush. This is where God revealed his name uh, you know, to Moses and to the children of Israel uh, to make sure they understand who was going to indeed lead them out of the promise or into the promised land. And verse 14 says, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and for this is how I am to be remembered in every generation. So I think that if, if you remember, you know, how the first few chapters of Malachi has gone, you know, you have a lot of doubting, a lot of questioning, a lot of, you know, forgetfulness of, of what God has done in the Israelites' lives. And I think that's so typical of us to do as well. And so I, I thought, I was like, well, Maybe they didn't understand what fear of God actually meant or who God really was. Even though they had seen so many miracles, you know, we have you know, things that he does in our life, but they continued to question God all throughout Malachi. Um, and you know, Josh and, and Mark have done a good job of, of going through those different types of things and uh, you know, questioning God, you know, having bad marriages, divorcing, and, and all these other sins and all these other things that they had. And it reminded me going through this as I was preparing for this is, um, you know, there's a lot of similarities between this Israelite group and a lot, some of the churches in Revelations, too. I mean, they were doing things for the wrong reasons or not doing things at all. There's just a lot of corruptness. Um, and so when you think about it, it's the, you know, the, the fear of God, that really should shape in, in, in our response to him, right? So he is the one speaking. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the same God who spoke uh, the heavens and earth into existence, uh, in Psalms 33, 6, the heavens were made by the word of the Lord and all the stars by the breadth of his mouth. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere, and yet the Israelites questioned what he had done for them. He, they were always asking, what's in it for me? And I think that's a lot of our response, too, because we don't truly fear him. We don't truly understand who he is and how great he is, uh, even though they've seen it and we've seen it in our lives you know, as well. And so it's good for us to make sure we understand that. Why do we question God? Why do we not have more faith and trust in God? Why, if he did all these things for us and created us, spoke us into being, breathed our breath into our nostrils, why are we so quick to question or quick to turn from him? Uh, Malachi 3 does a good job, and I'm not going to go back through all of it, but it talks about those who feared the Lord and meditate on his name. That's not just remembering, but it's meditating. It's, it's contemplating all the good things that he has done in our lives and in the lives of the Israelites as well. Uh, I will tell you, I'm, I find myself in my daily reading hanging out more so in the New Testament than the Old Testament. I don't know why that is. Um, I, you know, uh, Jesus and you know, just going through the early church and the gospels and everything. But for some reason, I, I've been moving around and, and I've, I've gone through Psalms recently around like Psalms 33, and it talks about like this. But look, the Lord keeps his eye on those who fear him, those who depend on his faithful love to rescue them from death and to keep them alive in famine. So, you know, again, it just talks about the, the Lord and those who fear him. Uh, you know, if you seek the Lord, he will seek in, in you. Uh, we know that he never gives up on us, right? We know that he's always 
desiring for us to return to him, which was another part of Malachi 3. Return to me, and I, and I will return to you. And so we see this reminder here uh, of that respectful fear and reverence. Um, and actually, the fear that you know, is used here in the Hebrew is really the, the fear of terror, because God is, is in control of all things. He's all-powerful, right? Matthew 10, 28 says it this way as well. And this is one of my favorite verses because it keeps me level-headed, right? Um, Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both the body and soul in hell. And that's, that's going straight for the, the gusto, right? There's no sugarcoating in that. Uh, and it's, it's a good reminder that we should also make sure that our focus is always on God. Um, and, and keep it simple. You know, one of the things, too, um, the, the title of this, of this sermon, which I skipped over, is A Heart for God. Um, and I want to make sure that, you know, I, I keep it simple, even in, like, sermon preparation, right? I mean, when you prepare for a sermon, there's so many verses that, you know, the Lord brings to you sometimes or you think about and you want to get everything in there. And sometimes it ends up being a, a mashup of all kinds of stuff and, uh, you know, the different directions and different things like that. So I told myself I'm going to keep it simple because that really should be that childlike, re- re- you know, reflection of our faith in God, Right. We should always just, you know, as he says, we do, right? And so just keep it simple. Uh, and the last part of that is, you know, I wrote it for myself, stupid, because that's how I am sometimes, right? I fail. I fall short. Um, and I know I'm not the only one in here, too. So, um, so I, th- I think that's, that's good for, for all of us to remember, you know, have that childlike faith and have that true fear of God. If we know that he does all these things, we should respond to him that way. And so the Lord God, the Lord of hosts, Yahweh, had given them Moses the commandments uh, and the statutes and ordinances that we just talked about in verse 4. And so, well, what's a commandment? What's an ordinance? I think most of y'all are familiar with the commandments, but we also had the, the, the statutes and the ordinances, which is, you know, the, the things to do, which is the commandments, what not to do, the sacrificial um, covering of the, you know, the animal sacrifices for those sins and all those things, and all those things had to be, had to, uh, be followed in order to... to claim the victory over those sins and to take the sins of the people away. And so that's where all the Levitical law and the Levitical ceremonies and, of course, you know, a lot of you know, priests had added on to that. Um, but you know, Moses had given that straight from, from uh, God. And if you go back to Deuteronomy 4, 5, and 6, this is the, the commandment from Moses. He says, look, I've taught you statutes and ordinances as the Lord my God has commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to possess. Carefully follow them, for this will show your wisdom and understanding in the eyes of the peoples. When they hear about all these statutes, they will say, this great nation is indeed a wise and understanding people. So if you go back and, and look at those first you know, three or four chapters of Deuteronomy, you'll see that there's a, a, a theme going over and over. Um, Fear the Lord your God, keep his commandments, and he will prolong your days. And the blessings are, are there as well. And there's so many repetitive verses in there. I, I kept thinking I was reading the same chapter, but no, it's, it's the same theme all through the book of Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy 6 is the one that we talk about quite a bit. Have no other gods before me. You know, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. So again, understanding what that true fear of the Lord and making sure that we keep his commandments because of that fear, because of our love for him. Um, and it also teaches us multiple occasions through there that make sure you teach your kids, your grandkids, uh, it's not just something for yourself that you bring up your family in the ways of the Lord. Um, and so you'd think that, you know, again, under the keep it simple, you know, 
application or process, you would think that, you know, it's pretty straightforward, right? You know, here's all the things you should do. Here's all the things you shouldn't do. But then again, you know, we have the same problem as, your, as the Israelites, right? You know, they always continue to, you know, follow what their desires were instead of following God's desires for their life. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, social media did not exist when I was in college or when I was in high school um, because, you know, it would look a lot different, um, you know, or a lot, you know, a lot similar actually to what the Israelites did. If you look through the, the Old Testament, I mean, you'll see t- countless ways of them turning their back on God or questioning God or false idols, false, um, you know, things they had in their life. Um, and if somebody saw what I did in high school, oh my gosh, you know, I would be the biggest moron in, in the world. I mean, Kim can attest to a lot of it, but, you know, our, our, our sin and, you know, you think through everything is like, even if you just took a week of your life and you documented what happened and what you did and what you didn't do right, what would that look like? Would it look like a lot of the Israelites? Uh, yeah, because I, I think it's, you know, the same for all of us, right? I mean, we fall short, we, we lose our focus off, off of God, uh, and we move into other priorities in our life and other things that we worship before we worship God. And if you think about the priorities, you know, God, you know, we should abide in, in God, fear Him, keep His commandments, have no other gods before Him, but then we insert things and we move further away, whether it's our kids, whether it's our jobs, whether it's, you know, fantasy football, you know, I'm getting real here. Uh, that's one of the things that I have struggled with in the past that took my focus off of God. Uh, and, and hopefully you're processing that internally in, in your life now because there's a lot of things that I think we have these blind spots, right? And Josh talks, you know, a lot about this, which is good because, you know, we, we've done habitual things for so long or patterns that we don't realize it's taken our focus or it's not a sin even sometimes, and it's you know, taking, taking our focus off of God. But those blind spots need to be identified. And so hopefully when you go through this, that's the application that you could take away. Uh, you know, Josh and I were talking to uh, a couple of weeks ago around uh, the if-then statements. Anybody familiar with Microsoft Excel? Yeah, that's, the, that's the software that, you know, you probably have wanted to chuck your computer out the window because you didn't save it before you exit out of the, the document, Right. Um, you know, Excel is incredibly complex. I mean, it can do a lot of good things. But one of the good things, and, and this is what we were talking about, is, you know, is if-then statements. You know, so if and then is a logical, you know, argument and with the conclusion, right? So if, if, some, if X happens, then Y should then take place, right? Um, so if you think about it, it's like really, we should really be living our lives like an if-then statement. If this happens, then I should do this. If God created me in the likeness of his son and his image, then I should fear him, follow him, and keep his commandments. But on the other side of that, you see the, the negative piece of it. If I sin, then I need to confess my sins. And if I confess my sins, then he is righteous and just to forgive me of those sins. You see how that works? But then the, the complication becomes, you know, if the sin in my life is taking me away from God, then I need to remove and confess that sin. And that's where it can become even more specific. And then we get, you know, pretty deep here. So bear with me. If my spouse does X or tempts me or I sin, then I need to respond, right? Or if someone causes me to sin, or if I'm too involved with drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever that is, then I need to remove it from my life, right? So, well, you know, that sounds all good, but this is where the practical application really comes in. So, and I'll give you a real-life example, because, you know, I've got a microphone, and that's what I can do. 
We were coming back from Jamaica the other night, and we were been at the beach all day and traveling. And by the time we got home, we're all you know just tired and, and ready to go to bed. Me more so than than any uh, than probably the others. And uh, me and Kim got into an argument. I snapped, and I raised my voice with her. So if you sin against your spouse, then you make that sin right, and you confess and you ask for forgiveness. So, honey. I'm sorry I snapped at you the other night. I love you, and I hope you will forgive me. And that's where it just got real. (laughs) But again, that if-then statements are so indicative of keep it simple, right? And that's how, at least in in the things that I've struggled with in the past, like my, my foul language when I was growing up and things like that. I mean, let's be honest, kids who are our kids of preachers like myself and like others are usually the first people to do something wrong, right? I mean, and if we don't do it ourselves, then we have a plenty of other people who will encourage us to do bad things, right? And I found that, you know, if, if somebody was making me do something or leading me to a, a bad point in my life, even during grown-up age, then I removed them from my life. And that's the painful reality that we live in, but we have to do that, right? And so that, that's another way, but it, it's so, it, I found it's a good, effective way. Of course, praying through it, you know, that God would take people out of your life, take this sin, this desire away from your heart. And then, you know, if that's the case, then, then you will remove it, and he will remove it from your heart. Just, it's having that understanding of, of just keeping it simple. Uh, and I found it, you know, using those if-them statements really helps with me in my life, too. Um, but the other thing about it is, you know, as we keep it simple, right? I mean, so that's a, a theme here, as well as having the heart, like we talked about. Um, just getting out of God's way, letting Him move in our lives, because we have a heart that wants to seek Him and, and seek His commandments and seek His desires and wills for our life. Let's get out of the way. Let's let Him work in our lives and let His let Him work through us. Um, you know, one of the things that we did earlier, actually just a couple of months ago, we went to Puerto Rico on, on the, the, the Puerto Rican trip, um, and we had a team of eight people, and only two of us had ever had been on a mission trip, and so if you think about it, I was like, oh my goodness, this, is, could, be, this could be bad, this could be disastrous. Uh, you never know what's going to go, what's going to happen, but I tell you what, God led through all those different things, people coming out of their comfort zone, and I'm like, people who have been in comfort zones and sheltered for different parts of their life, including myself, being thrown into the mission field um, in a foreign land where they, not really foreign, but they spoke a different language, right? And so you had all that going um, against us, but we continued to pray that God would just lead us. God, we trust you that you're sending us down here for a purpose. Open those doors of opportunity for us to walk through, for us to witness and tell others about the gospel of Christ. But man, I, I tell you one thing, that mindset that you have when you're on the mission field is, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to give them X or Y. I'm going to you know, you know, just bless them with all you know, the things that we can coming in. But it's really us who get blessed by just the response that we have, the fellowship. Man, we, we, there were some nights we were up till like 11, 11.30, just having a time of devotion, time of testimony, and just hearing from you know, what they experienced in the mission field. Um, and it was exciting to see just that, that response that we had. And I'll tell you, Puerto Rico is like 1980s growing up in the U.S. Like, people are always on the doorstep. They're always welcoming people to come by. You know, there's a lot of families in there. So you can approach them and actually have a gospel conversation. Uh, and you were able to see that, that receptiveness, the Holy Spirit working there. 
uh, and just that heart um, of the people who attended to serve God in that way and just get out of their they're a comfort zone. And again, you know, it goes for those who, we know we have two mission trips coming up next year for Puerto Rico. So if you feel that God is leading you to do that and you feel that that's your, his calling for you, then, you know, we could answer more questions that you might have for, you know, any type of mission trip, but really, you know, letting God work through you and having that heart that desires his will for your life and being obedient. So we go through uh, the end of verse four, you see that, um, Verse five and six are the last, you know, of the of the Old Testament, and so you wouldn't hear anything for another four hundred years. Uh, but obviously, keeping the laws, keeping the commandments, and everything were important. Having that heart that wanted to serve God, um, but obviously, you know, He wasn't leaving the Israelites high and dry. So you look at Malachi four five, and this is looking to the future. So this is the, you know, we, we talked about the heart of um, following God and seeking His will and desire and doing His commandments. This should be the heart of understanding and hope. Um, so verse 5 says, look, I am going to send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Now, these, these verses are pretty short, but there's still a lot in here, right? So the description that you see for the day of the Lord, you, you can't miss it, right? It's great and terrible. It's going to be great for those who have given their life to Christ, and, um, but terrible for the others who are going to be set up for judgment. And so I went back, you know, since we were not in, not in town, I went back and looked at Josh's uh, sermon last week and the day of the Lord is, is a day of judgment. It's not an easy sermon. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's heavy, and it should be, right, because it's serious. That's where eternity exists for, for those who have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior in heaven, but in terribleness for those who are live an eternal life in hell. Uh, and so that should burden us. Uh, but here's God's plan for them was to look towards the prophet Elijah before the day of the Lord coming, and we see, which Josh also did a great version, a great job of this, is seeking the messenger in chapter 3, and that coming in as John the Baptist. And so we know that he fulfilled that uh, prophecy of Elijah. Uh, and you see that in Luke 1, 15 and 17. For he, John, will be great in the sight of the Lord and never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb, and he will go before him, Jesus, in this power and spirit of Elijah. And so we see that there's the fulfillment of John the Baptist as the messenger, as the precursor to the Messiah, and he will go out in the spirit of Elijah uh, before Jesus, before the front runner. And also we see some more detail of his mission uh, in Luke 4, or Luke 3, rather, 4 through 6. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice crying out in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled, every mountain and hill will be made low. The crooked will become straight. Look at, make, pay attention to this word here, right? The crooked will become straight, the rough way smooth, and everyone will see the salvation of God. And so you see the, the preparation of the Messiah, of the way of the Lord, you know, the mountains will become low. The crooked paths will become straight. You can only do that through, uh, through God and through your salvation, which is the last piece. Everyone will see the salvation of God. And that should have given the Israelites hope, right? And so they've been looking for hundreds of years, for the, or actually thousands of years, for the deliverer, the Messiah that was prophesied to come. And so this was their hope that Elijah or John the Baptist would come and then Messiah would come next, right? And so that should have given them a heart of hope for, you know, for the coming Messiah, for the Jesus, uh, and, and it for us as well, because you know, 
coming up into the Christmas season, there's a lot of prophecies, you know, in the Old Testament around, you know, him coming, his first advent, coming in as, a, as the lowly lamb of God to serve others and then being sacrificed as the perfect lamb of God um, and, and coming back as the, the, uh, the lion the, the, of Judah, the tribe of Judah. Jeez, I can't talk. Um, and so this should give us that hope. Um, and the, the one other thing, too, that we, we talk about quite a bit is, you know, the, the suffering servant, the one who would come and be afflicted for our sins, who would take the burden of our sins away from us because of our faith and trust in him, uh, which is also in, in Isaiah. So he would be beaten for our sins and, and pay for the price for them. And you think that this hope would, would cause the Israelites to stay focused on keeping God's commandments and keeping uh, in step with his will and desires for his life. And, and for us, too, looking back on this, but we see that you know, Jesus knew more than we did, obviously. And his sovereign plan the whole time uh, you know, during his Gospels that people would miss him as the Messiah. They would not see him uh, as the Son of God. They would miss him. Matter of fact, if you look in Matthew 17, uh, verse 10 through 13, this is you know, a few verses after the, the transfiguration where he became glorified. Uh, and Elijah and Moses appeared and talked with him as well. Um, and the disciples asked him, you know, do you need to build us a house for Moses and Elijah? And he's like, you know, no. The disciples asked him, well, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first, which is going back to Malachi 4? And Elijah is coming, and he will restore everything, Jesus said. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they didn't recognize him. On the contrary, they did whatever they pleased to him in the same way the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. And the disciples understood that he was talking about John the Baptist. But you see that Jesus knew that people would turn away. They knew that they would miss him as the Messiah. They wouldn't put their faith and trust in him because they had already missed John the Baptist as Elijah, as the, as the messenger. And so he was already pointing to his suffering and crucifixion, but also to the unsaved who wouldn't acknowledge him as, as Lord and Savior of his life or of their life. Um, and this is really where, you know, if you think about the Puerto Rico trips and, and other trips, you know, really should be a burden of our hearts for evangelism, right, uh, and for the hearts of the unsaved. And this is where the heart of, of understanding comes in, knowing that people will hear the gospel or say that they know Christ, and that's enough, right? They will miss him and still reject him even. And that should really should burden our hearts for uh, you know, for missions work and to recognize that, hey, because of our heart of understanding, there, will, there is a lot of loss in this life, in this world that we live in, and we need to, you know, spread the gospel, and we recognize that, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, and so you think back, you know, we've been talking a lot about mission trips, but also the challenge that Josh, you know, had at the, the first part of the year was who's your one? Who are you investing in? Who are you intentionally having this gospel conversation with and, and discipleship with, you know, to, to walk, you know, help them in their walk with Christ or to have that gospel conversation where they accept their Lord, uh, you know, Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so that's where we really need to understand and, and ask ourselves, who is our one? How are we being obedient and having that heart of understanding for others uh, and that heart of hope for others, too, because we know that Jesus is the hope. We know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's, you know, it's for us to understand uh, and have that understanding that many will, will live in eternity in hell because you know, they didn't accept Christ or they rejected him. And so that should burden our hearts for that as well. And the last part for a heart of repentance, which is verse 6, 
And again, he's talking about John the Baptist. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the hearts of children's, the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. And so here we see more details around the mission. Uh, in very similar language in Luke 1, 17. And he will go before him, and this is he being John, will go before him, Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah, like we read about earlier, to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. And then Luke 3, verses 3 says, He went into all the vicinity all around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so here, you know, we see in, in these number of verses, you know, what John was going to do, what his detailed mission was, and that was to turn of hearts of fathers to their children and the children to the hearts of their fathers. There was reconciliation there between relationships and between God and the unsaved and the children of Israel. Uh, you know, many Jews who would come to know Christ and see him and experience him would give their life to him as well. But the other piece of this is just the hearts of fathers to the children and children to the fathers. And that it just it implies a lot of different things. You know, having a right relationship with God, of course, making sure there's nothing between him, no unconfessed sin, that we're living the life that he desires for us to have and for us to live. But even in relationships that we have with others in our life, uh, like we talked about, you know, it's, it's my job as the father of my family to teach these commandments to to you know, show how God impacts my kids' lives, to make, help them become more Christ-like, to encourage them in their walk with, with God. Um, but sometimes you have to recognize the need for reconciliation. Uh, and, and one of the things that we've been doing you know, in kids' group, uh, there's, a, there's an exercise. And, and this is one of the things that kids you know, don't really question that much. Uh, you know, and you get to a point where they understand exactly what what the intent is and how to respond. It's kind of like their, their brains are seeing that if-then statement, right? Um, and, I, and I wanted to do it here, so I'm going to do a couple of exercises because, again, you know, we're talking about real application. Um, you know, with, with the holiday season and, and even Thanksgiving just this past week, there will be times that we'll come into contact with people in our family and our loved ones that we don't have the, we don't have the right relationship with. You know, and, and obviously we need to write our relationship with God, obviously, but um, it, it's good for us to understand and make sure that we have the need uh, for reconciliation uh, and forgiving others. Um, so this exercise that, the, that we were doing with the kids called Faith in Action, uh, and it kind of goes back to, you know, Josh's sermon a couple of weeks ago, you know, are we, do we have useless service? Is our, you know, service self-serving? Uh, are we doing it for the right ways and the wrong ways? Um, we need to understand that, uh, you know, we, we have a heart that desires, you know, God's will. And so this is what the exercise was, is 1 Peter 5, 7. Think of something that worries you. Write one of your worries here. Take about five minutes to pray about that worry and the other worries that come to your mind. I was like, man, if, if kids can understand this concept now at their age, then they're going to grow up to be very well situated and prepared, you know, for living life as adults. Because there's a lot of adults, even in this room, who probably wouldn't do that. Uh, and so just think about these as we, as we read through them. So write one thing that worries you. Pray about it this week. Uh, and, and I'm not just saying that. I'm, I'm encouraging you to apply this and, and do it in your life. Um, and so you know, God tells us to you know, have, be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, make your requests known to him. And so that's a great reminder. The kids, they, they, they jump right on that stuff. I don't understand why we can't do it as, as adults. 
Uh, the next one, read James 2.13. Think of someone who's hurt your feelings. Ask God to help you forgive that person. I mean, it, it's simple stuff, but, you know, again, adults are so complicated that we, you know, don't keep it simple like this. We, you know, get in the way. We don't, we ha- hold these grudges. We hold this fear, this entitlement. Um, you know, why can't we just forgive and, and move on from our hurt feelings? And then the next one is Romans 15.5. Think of a friend or relative who's having a difficult time right now. Plan three ways to encourage that person. Of course, you know, the first one will be prayer, but obviously. But, you know, th- this is another great learning tool, not only just for kids, but for adults as well. Again, keeping it simple, right? Don't overthink things. Think of a way that you can encourage, you know, friends and relatives that might be going through something. Um, I mean, because that, that's our job, you know, to bear the burdens of others, to make sure that we... we cry when they cry. We laugh when they laugh, like he talks about in Galatians 6. And of course, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, us as believers, we're living that Christ-like example to our family and to others. Um, And we have that faith, uh, and we live out that faith and put it into words, and and, beyond words, we put it into action, right? And so that's that's one of the things I want to make sure we understand here. Do we have that heart to serve God? Do we have that heart of understanding for the unsaved and, and for uh, you know, for the others um, and for the lost, right? So one of the other pieces that I read earlier was that Elijah would prepare the way of the Lord uh, for the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous. So this is the unsaved becoming righteous, that, that they would understand that no do good deeds, just, not, just having knowledge of Christ would not save them. That was a lot of the conversations that we were having in, in Puerto Rico. A lot about it, a lot of people had knowledge of God or had heard about Christ. You know, a lot of them were Catholic, and not picking on Catholics or anything like that, but that's where they stopped. And that's where, you know, they've added all the works aspects of it. No, our faith and trust in Christ alone there's no other name under heaven given among men that we must be saved other than Christ. That's Acts 4.12. Uh, and so the, the purpose of the, the messenger coming was to make way that path uh, and show that the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous and the unrighteous, that their lives that they were living uh, would be made straight uh, by the messenger and then, of course, by the coming Messiah who would take away their sins, right? And so he would suffer on the cross. He would be crucified. He would be buried in the tomb, and on the third day, God would raise him from the dead. And so that's where it comes back to the point of understanding, as a believer, having that right heart of God for repentance. Is my life, with my relationship with God, where it should be? Am I doing the things that he desires for my life? Am I being obedient? You know, because he's going to open doors. You know, we pray for a lot of that to happen in our lives, but sometimes we miss that. And having that heart, uh, you know, of repentance or, you know, confessing our sins, um, you know, that makes that, that relationship right with, with God and, and having that relationship right with others as well. Uh, and, of course, the unsaved. And so, you know, the unsaved, you know, that's where that terrible day of judgment, we talk about the day of the Lord, comes back into play, right? And so if you've given your life to Christ, you know, continue to make sure that your, your relationship is right like it should be. If you have unconfessed sin, you know, have that heart of serving God and, and wanting to be with Him. Uh, to, to confess it, because he's righteous and just to forgive us. But if you've never given your life to Christ, or you just know of Christ, like I said, you know, that, that's not how salvation comes. It's giving, putting your faith and trust in Christ. Uh, and so we were able to have you know, some of those good conversations in Puerto Rico like that. We had you know, a lady come to Christ uh, and, and others who we planted seeds with. And you could see the Holy Spirit start working in their life um, but if you're here tonight with, or this afternoon with us or online 
and that's a decision that you haven't made because you don't feel like, you know, your life after Christ is going to be worth it, or you don't want to give up X, Y, and Z sin in your life, or whatever the case is, you know, that's the decision that you need to make. Um, You know, the coming Messiah gave his life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, that we would put our faith and trust in him. He lived the perfect life that we cannot live and took that sin away from us uh, so we could have that right relationship with God, so we could spend eternity with heaven. And if you haven't made that decision in your life, then that's something that we'll be able to pray with you, and then we invite you, um, you know, to, to pray with us or invite you to respond. And so I'm going to ask the, the band to come back up as we close. But I just want you to pray through, um, you know, the, the, what we've talked about today, the heart of, that was willing to desire and follow God and seek His will and desire in our life. Do we have a heart of understanding? Are we doing the things uh, that we should be doing? A heart of repentance, a heart of confession. Um, and so I'm going to invite you just to, to pray through that. Um, if you want to talk with someone uh, or pray with us, it might look, at, uh, might look like you just praying in your seat or t- talking to someone and confessing today. Um, but we invite you to come and, and, um, and pray with us as well. So I'm going to close this. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you that you did give, love us so much that you sent your son, Lord. And as we come into the this Christmas celebration, Father, I pray that you would guide and protect us, Lord, that we would see this true reason for the season, Lord. Lord, the, that you take away our sins by putting our faith and trust in you, Father. I pray that, that you would just open our eyes to your glory, to your majesty, Lord. Uh, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Way Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or if you'd like to talk to someone about a personal relationship with Jesus, please contact us through our website at thewaychurchrva.com.